I think we yeah. have new a new business idea here. If we have uh, some folks, so we have the goods now. This this the Beast Telescope. We can set it up at the beach and say, "Are you feeling like you've been, you know, getting some criticism from your peers that you're being a prick lately? <laughs> Come to our telescope. Look at this freaking galaxy. You're gonna ground yourself, and you'll be much more successful yeah. in your business." <laughs> to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds in space in general. I'm one of the two co-hosts, Matt, and with me this summer evening is my other co-host, David. How's it going, everybody? We're down here. A little late on this one again, but it's summer. We're busy. We're yeah. out of town a couple weekends in a row. and Lots of weddings, lots, yeah. of, lots of friends getting married. We're in that time of the life, you know, yeah. where it's a lot of people getting... Getting married and all that so kind wedding of stuff. Season, so, so. Yeah. but we're still here uh, for July, so don't uh, don't worry. We're still putting a podcast out, and then in uh, in August we'll have one out, uh, hopefully a little earlier in the month to get back on track. But um, for right now, we're back on the pub here, or back down in the pub in this uh, kind of rainy rainy evening in the summertime. We haven't had rain in about three weeks. Yeah, I was gonna say we need it, but um, yeah, rainy night. Um, Went and saw a movie last night. Yeah, we we're just talking about that kind it. of thing. But yeah, went and saw Jurassic World. The the what the whatever Fallen kingdom. kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. The Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> it was but, pretty bad. Yeah. Not too impressed. Not too impressed. We were just talking about uh, how how much we love the original Jurassic Park. But whatever, you know. Yeah. It seems I th- like we've I don't know somewhere along the way we lost our way with. Just making good movies. Just movies. I don't know what movies it is. Movies in general. I don't know what it is, but... Yep. Right now, it's all yeah. about the comic book movies and the sequels and the animation and all that, which is... Yeah. Uh, I think it hits the... I, I bet you they're probably making more money than they ever have. Yeah. Because the movies, at least the animation ones, are probably cheaper to produce. Yeah. And then they appeal to, the, to, like, the younger kids and stuff. But well, for us, like, you know... I don't know. I... I I was sitting there just like at some points, just like looking over at you and Julia, yeah. and just kind of like, just I think we like, all were. Are you serious like, right yeah. now? Like what? What is that? And then at the same point in time, I had you. You could listen to people like giggling and laughing oh, and for like sure. just you yeah. know following along and talking to the movie. So obviously there's people enjoying it, but I'm like yeah. at the same time like there just seems like there have been just way better movies back in the day. Like you know the late. 80s and the 90s, like, there were such good movies, and I don't know what happened, but, like, there's just, everything is now, like, a special effects, yeah. and... I think a lot of that, it is, yeah. it just seems like everybody, like, just the world's attention span is lower, and so they just pack all these, like, this action, this ridiculous action in that's just way overboard, and then they pack in these, we were talking about it, those stupid, sarcastic one-liners that Chris Pratt has, Yeah, and just, it's like... Everyone, there was people like hysterically laughing at some of those, and I'm feeling like cringe. I'm like cringing. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I don't know. No, it's almost kind of like uh, some kind of. It was like, yeah, it wasn't even. Almost like a spoof of Jurassic Park. It almost felt like, yeah. honestly, I'm yeah. not even like it, it, which is really, really sad. There was abs- heart, absolutely some scenes in that movie that were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that. So I mean, I you know. 
I can't say I'd recommend it, but maybe if you've yeah. got younger kids or something. I don't know. I feel like if you were, because I know like I've got coworkers who have have kids in the like seven to ten range, like boy little boys that just are obsessed with it. Been like talking, they like cannot, you know, buy enough of these action figures and stuff that these um, these coworkers what they want. It's what yeah, they want. these coworkers are like getting sick of it because you know. It's just how it is, but so that's that's yeah. good to know is that the kids are into it, but it's just not the same. I mean, the the craftsmanship in the movie is not no, it's not there. No. But acting wasn't really there either. No. It was just yeah, not that great. But and I know a lot of the actors they <laughs> yeah they, they fill in. <laughs> well, they kind of like honestly like I I think part of it is, I mean part of it's the acting obviously, and then other half of it is their actual script like what they're actually having to act out so you never know if it's just what the director wants yeah or if it's just they're really bad at acting but i don't know but yeah anyway so that was that that, that yeah, was that last, was, night, that was last so. night also a rainy night so yeah was seemed like a good thing to do it was still fun took a night um, off bowling yeah but the bowling alley we go to is still under uh, some renovations um it's the oldest bowling alley in grand rapids wengers so it um I wouldn't say it was like desperately needing work, but I think the owner was just kind of ready to make oh, his yeah. own touches. He's he's under it's under his ownership as of what like two years ago I think he said. Yeah, I think two years. So he's kind of ready to make it his own. Um, and I just talked to him last night, and he said yeah. that it was um, probably going to be back up in operation end of the month. So a couple, yeah. another week or so, ten days. Get back to rolling. Back to rolling at Wingers because the other spot. They it's rack them, we smack them. Yep, that's their slogan. Yep. And I like it. The other spot is old school and cool. It's right around the corner. Um, definitely kind of worth checking out, but it just isn't the same. The employees aren't very nice. The lanes are, like, super oily and just, yeah. Yeah. We're not big fans. No, you know, super greasy. Greasy lanes, greasy lanes. Just, it's, yeah, yeah just kind of smells weird in it there, too. It does smell weird. It smells like a urinal cake. Yeah, yeah. So Wangers uh, will be waiting for their uh, their big reopening, so to speak. It's yeah. not really a reopening because like, I don't. I think he like told he pretty much told us that he was going to close down for renovations. But he pro- I I know for sure he didn't post it on their Facebook page. It's yeah. not on their website. Probably no one even. He just closed it yeah. in the summertime, and and that's People he's got that up. freedom. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. But um, that's just, that's really the way life should be. Yeah. I don't have to, you know, send out a notification. That's just what it used to be. I mean, you just basically would just put a sign up, we're closed for whatever, you know. People come up and they're like, oh, shoot, well, come back later. And now people get pissed. People get all butthurt if they don't get like a, you didn't text me about it or you didn't email me. Like, all right, well. It's probably the same person that's laughing at the Jurassic World jokes. Probably. If you're laughing and you, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're cool. So if you laughed at the Jurassic World jokes... No, no hard feelings. <laughs> I mean, if you laughed at the movie, then you would agree with me then. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just this is different. Yeah, di- a little different. Well, we got we got some. There's some on the horizon. Honestly, uh, given the topic of this current podcast that we're going to talk about, the main topic, we have an exciting movie coming up in the fall. So. I believe it is the fall. I'm, the last time I checked, I think it was October is when they were going to release it, but uh, the first Man movie's coming out. so It's going to be awesome. Um, that is in regards to the Apollo 11 mission. Um, looked pretty good, though. Hopefully I mean, it lives up pretty to, good, uh, you know, maybe the 
I mean, I don't think anything could beat Apollo 13, but no, I but don't think so. Hopefully, it's in the so. same, you know, in the same vein. Yeah, because yeah. if it's just yeah, I mean it, it's got to be good. It's got to be. There's no better story. To, the, their plot yeah. line is like holds as much water as any is the best plot line in the whole world. They've got yeah. that down. They just need to execute. The uh, the the biggest thing is with with a lot with with the the space crowd and. You just need to, in, in general, people who are passionate about the topic and what we did with Apollo and the and just you know space exploration in general. You really need to get down the fine details and make sure it's a good movie because yeah. otherwise, I mean, there's going to be millions of critics oh, out yeah. there on this one. So absolutely, hopefully, it's a good movie. I think it, I from, based on the previews, I think it'll be kind of cool. I mean, yeah, it does look good. You know, like you said, hopefully they don't just. You know, cater to the current day person who just basically gets bored if that'd you be, don't wow them after two seconds. And bad. if they're doing like sarcastic one, yeah, that would be really terrible. But <laughs> oh my God. Um, there's dinosaurs on the moon. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, so that'll be good. That's that's it. That's it for the the movie horizon. Well, in we October got, too, you got the new Halloween too. Yeah, new Halloween movie coming it's, out. It's going to be a good fall for for movies, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we're we're down here. We're drinking. Um, we're both sipping on Founders Tank Bender tonight. It's uh, their twentieth anniversary beer. This is Founders uh, locally here in Grand Rapids. Um, Tank Bender is an Eisbach beer, which I believe is like a German or Austrian style. That's aged in bourbon barrels. So this beer is. Uh, it tastes great. It it, it doesn't taste. It has like a sweet taste. It's a little bit darker. But it doesn't taste maybe over eight percent. No, but it actually is like fourteen. So um, you you definitely definitely has a bite though. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Well, it's got that first, little bit of boozy. First like little like first you know maybe half glass. I was like, yeah. okay, well this is this is you know tastes like any normal beer. Tastes like an all day IPA or something like that. And then you get down to the bottom. I don't know if it just the alcohol just gets a little stronger sinks. towards the bottom. But I think the one thing, too, yeah. is so the Eisbach style, I was telling you before the podcast, but this is like Austrian or German style. There's a beer called Semiklaus that is also pretty high in the ABV, and they freeze the beer, and then they take the whatever froze, the water that kind of froze out of the beer, scrape it out, and then re just keep doing that over and over, and it ups the ABV, makes it a little bit more hearty. This one, though, is that, but also aged in bourbon barrels. So I think that's what you get a little extra kick. Yeah, you can definitely taste the bourbon yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. So I think they call yep. it tank bender mm-hmm. though because in the that freezing process they actually like wrecked one of their their tanks. It bent in. So that's kind of yeah, kind of a funny story. But well, if you if you were to drink a whole one of those bottles, it sure as hell bri- you know bend your tank. Yeah, if you, you drank that, it by your, we split it. Yeah. It's a 750 mil bottle. It's one Ooh. of the bigger the bigger bomber style bottles. Yeah, and we we split it, so it, it's very good. Um, it's a cool bottle, really cool bottle. Yeah. It was yeah. like a really limited release. I, I bought it um, back in I think it had to have been like January or February when their 20th anniversary rolled around. They had mm-hmm. a few left in stock, and I just picked one up and have had it in the fridge since. So it's not space themed, but. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that today though, yeah. um, and you know, there's you kind of run out of space themed beers after a while. But yeah, I mean, we found like there's the one offs that we see every once in a while, but the ones that maybe we haven't um, put on the podcast or anything like that. But yeah, I went to the store today and it was the same thing. I'm like, oh, we had that one, we had that one, we had that one. So 
I ended up actually just going, driving to the, the local Harmony Brewery in uh, Easttown. Got a yeah. growler for us. So for the second half of the podcast, we'll break the growler out. Yep. But Featuring um, a very special guest in the second yeah. half. So we got that coming. Yeah, the space team beers are tough because at least in what we have allocated to Michigan, there may be like one or two more that we could we could tap into. Yeah. But I think what we're going to have to start doing, I got to talk to like some some folks that live like on the on the west coast because my friend adam that lives in portland they have a brewery that's 100 percent space themed brewery all the beers are space themed the brewery itself like decorations wise is space themed so wouldn't that be great mail it to us yeah wouldn't that be great if you had a brewery that was a Saturn V, and it was the full size Saturn V, but like <laughs> just the base of it was yeah. actually hollowed out for a brewery. Yeah. So you yeah. had a, you know, that would be that'd be pretty sweet, pretty sweet, legendary. Yeah. So yeah, I'll have to yeah. see if, if he's uh, willing to send me some. I, I did have a friend, my friend Ryan, in uh, he lives in like Sonoma, California. He he recently uh, a couple maybe a couple months ago sent me a couple beers from that area, from Sonoma. Those were good. So. It can be done. Mm-hmm. FedEx or whatever is willing to accept that as a package. So yeah. I'll have to see if you can throw a few cans in for us. And that'd be kind of a fun trend to start. Get beers from outside. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Get people to send beers in from yeah all, all our friends uh, scattered across the states or yeah maybe the globe. I don't know. I don't yeah. really have anybody on another part of the I don't either. You know, well, I have globe, one, one friend that's living in Italy right now, but I don't think yeah. Italy is known for their beer. So No. <laughs> No. So we'll uh, we we'll stick with crap. the states. Yeah, we'll stick with yeah. the states for now. So yeah, that's what we're uh, we're drinking the in this this beginning part, this intro. We're gonna um, we'll kick it off here and update you on Starman because Starman. it's been a couple episodes. Starman went up with the uh, with the Falcon Heavy. We miss him. He's uh, he's long gone. He's still orbiting the sun. He's in that solar centric orbit currently. Seventy-seven thousand three hundred, no, sorry, seventy-seven million three hundred thirteen thousand miles from Mars. So pretty far off target. Still, still a little off. And then a hundred thirty-nine million four hundred forty-six thousand and counting, literally once a second, and there's another mile from the sun. He's moving at thirty-eight thousand nine hundred seventy miles per hour. Wow. So he's zipping along in his solar-centric orbit. Essentially, once he there was a point where he came pretty close to Mars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't he was off target by a lot, but like in uni- universal terms, not very much. Now he's past Mars, and he's just oh, so he already like blew past. Okay, All yeah, right. yeah. Mars and Earth are. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but they're they're coming very close to their opposition, where they're almost in line with each other, and then the roadster is like way out. Yeah, <laughs> in okay. the boonies. So. Yeah, I, I love this this website. We've talked about it before. Where is Roadster.com? It's a fan-made website that uses some probably some pretty complex math and tracking uh, to to estimate where Starman is. Mm-hmm. And I just love the stats that he has got listed. Like this car has exceeded the Tesla's thirty-six thousand mile warranty <laughs> six thousand nine hundred eighty-five times. <laughs> um, it just it's it's a good website. Yeah, where is Starman? A telescope about 18,000 feet in diameter would be required to resolve the upper stage from Earth. So really? in order to actually get a view of that bit of uh, Falcon there's, Heavy. There's no way that you'd be able to, I mean, it'd look like a little 
spec anyway. Yeah. 18,000 yeah. feet in diameter. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. A couple miles wide. That would be pretty sweet, though, if somebody actually did that just to see Starman. Yeah, <laughs> but, a freaking massive mirror. Yeah, and he's, he's looping his way around, too. He's not yeah. just going to go blowing out into the you yeah, know, he, into nothing. He, he's going to loop. He's orbiting the sun at this it point. It is a it's, full solar-centric yeah. orbit. That sun pulls harder. I mean, it's tough to get out of the orbit of the sun. Mm-hmm. Um was the, what was the it was at Voyager that just finally exited um, our solar system yeah. essentially yeah um, after however many years so but yeah it's been five months fifteen days five hours since the launch of Falcon Heavy which was a fantastic day probably the highlight of the year for space um, for 2018 mm-hmm. um, currently 76 million miles from Earth that's crazy Sheesh. five months later and he's that far away. He's achieving a, a fuel economy of 1,995 miles per gallon. Wouldn't that be awesome if they had the camera was still able to work? That would be amazing. To get live Somehow, feed. even for, even if it was just the first, I, I don't know, there was that last picture yeah. where he was pretty far from the moon. Like, probably not, or sorry, from Earth. He wasn't to the, like, past where the moon is, like, what the, what the Earth looks like from the moon. Yeah. But, like, close. Yeah. And that picture just was awesome so it would be cool and that was a matter of like a day maybe yeah that time was time frame so maybe even less yeah you give you give a few more days and you're at the moon that'd be pretty cool if they would have flown into the moon yeah yeah the um if the battery is still working which who knows if it is the star starman in his left ear has listened to Space Oddity by David Bowie 44,928 times <laughs> and Is There Life on Mars by David Bowie 60,538 times. It's a little bit shorter of a song, so he's he's getting more I listens. I wonder if he started to cry when he passed Mars. I would have. Yeah. If you're that close, you, he definitely could see Mars pretty good. Yeah. You're that close. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, so that's always fun to check in on. I think we checked it maybe two or three episodes ago so give it an update and then uh speaking of mars we will talk about the close approach which is reaching its maximum approach this friday july 27th we talked about that a little bit last podcast yeah but um the details basically just want to get out and look up and get your scope out if you own a scope get out look up Yep. Late in the night, we I went out a couple of weeks ago, um, about probably about twelve thirty a.m. Uh, and we we took a look at it with my little compact Odyssey scope, but um, it's a little little blurry right now because you'll notice there's actually if you go and you if you Google Mars News or whatever, or go to space.com wherever you go. Uh, so there is a big dust storm right now, so yeah. you can't make out a ton of detail, but it is extremely close and, and bright yep yeah. very bright um so if you wait up until about right around like the 12 o'clock 12 30 the later you wait the higher it will be actually be in the sky i i you know 12 o'clock was a little bit early so it was actually still kind of on the horizon a little bit uh, but from where we are we could see it um so this friday though we've been waiting quite a bit of time here to actually get the the closest approach so mm-hmm. Friday's the actual day, though. So yeah, the um, exact opposition. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be the closest, the brightest in the sky, and then gradually, obviously, it'll start to get a little bit smaller. But um, 
I would I would say this week would be the prime week. If you have a yeah. telescope, get out. Yeah. If you any any size telescope, anything like that, um, get out, take a look at it, stay up. It's worth it because uh, this type of thing doesn't happen very often where you have this close of an approach. Now, like I said, you can't see unfortunately because of a dust storm. You can't see too Deep much dust. detail, yeah. but um, still worth it, I think. Um, right. You know, it's definitely. Uh, a sight to behold regardless so yeah you know it's it's like literally i mean to put it to perspective i would say it looks a lot like it would be on any given day with jupiter mm -hmm. it's about the same um but normally with mars you can't see mars that that well in the telescope it's very, you can see very it, blurry orange dot yeah. yeah you can see it pretty good but it's pretty blurry and it's it's still pretty small depending on what type of uh, lens that you're using but um i mean normally not not too much to look at but with jupiter on any really any given day of any given year it's actually you can make out some detail and that's what right. this looks like currently with mars so yeah um yeah yep. i think um so we touched on this last time but just as a recap the last time that um the well so the the closest mars ever got in in our day and age was in 2003 when the opposition lined up, that was the when Mars was at its brightest in sixty thousand years. Um, but this is at a, a very close opposition as well, and it will um, it will go back into this opposition. I think it was in two thousand twenty even, um, but it won't be as close. Yeah, the, the two planets will be in line, but not nearly as close because of their kind of elliptical shaped orbits. They're not perfect circles. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, so when it's at its closest point on Friday, it'll be 35.8 million miles away, um, which in universal terms is, is quite close as far as Mars and Earth are concerned. So get out there and, and look up for sure. Um, the dust storm is still ablazing. But, yeah. And it looks like the opposition, well, I mean, the, the perfect opposition is on Friday, but really July 7th through September 7th is when when it'll still look yeah about yeah, as bright. Yeah. I mean, so. it, it'll take just as long as it took it to get to this point. It'll yeah. take that much long, you know, the, the same amount to to get back know, around get back yeah. around to where it, you know, the the furthest point or you know wherever it will end up, but um, definitely right now is the prime time. I would say this week if you're going to see it, it's going to be at the peak moment um, this week, but yeah, and, and then, then yeah, and ho hopefully we get rid of the dust storm. Yeah, by September, so we could actually, you know, yeah, as it's on its way amazing. out, we can still see some good visibility. So yeah, it's been quite a while. It's been over a month, uh, probably I think almost two months for this planet-wide dust storm. Um, if you actually, and the other thing too is if you're if you're in Australia, Asia, Africa, Europe, or South America, so pretty much anywhere except where we are, um, there's also a total total lunar eclipse that will be occurring at the same on the same day as this Mars opposition and it will mm -hmm. last for 103 minutes man so yeah it's uh, the longest total lunar eclipse of the 21st century wow so that's pretty cool wow. so if you're lucky enough to be in one of those continents take a look up look at the total lunar look at Mars opposition I'm jealous that'd be sweet yeah that'd be yeah. freaking cool that'd be pretty sweet that's yeah that'd be It'd be it'd be huge. It's like us going to uh, you know at, in Hopkinsville. Yeah. You could see Venus clear as day, basically. Yeah, um, when the when totality hit. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't it be cool if that was Mars. Yeah. It was at like the perfect opposition. So yeah. cool. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So if you are yeah. in those um, 
if you are in those continents, the total total lunar eclipse would start at 7.30 p.m. UTC, which our time is 3.30 p.m. Eastern, um, but UTC is the you know universal time, um, and it will last until 9.13, so that's incredible. Uh, if you want to go out and see the blood moon, as they call it, um, the colloquial term for a total lunar eclipse is the blood moon. Uh, we had one pretty recently, I think that was in February. It was yeah. super early in the morning for us, and we didn't catch a great glimpse of it. Uh, but it did It did uh, hit North America, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're in those, if you're like in the UK, um, you're gonna see it. Yeah. Um, so, Eastern Everybody, Asia, if you're yeah. in Japan, our Tokyo listeners. <laughs> yeah. You'll, uh, you'll catch Tokyo it. Tokyo fans. So, so take a peek next Friday. It will be a great day for you if you're an astronomy fan in yeah. that region. And for the next couple of months, you know, look up if you're if you have a scope. Like I said, look up and keep an eye on Mars uh, through the night sky. You know, definitely yeah. a sight to behold. Doesn't come this close very often. So right. Yeah. It's uh. Yep. Yeah, I just, you wonder, I wonder, like, I haven't been able to find, like, exactly this dust storm that's been going on for, what is it, been like a a couple months now, like, they, I don't even think, no one has any idea of, like, how long this thing's gonna last, it's like a global, full globe, yeah, yeah, it it looks like you're looking at, like, yeah, it, just a cloud, like, almost a gas planet. Yeah, it It, looks like, like, yeah, it kind of looks like Venus. Yeah, it's, or something. Yeah, it's uh, a little bit weird, but. Kind of a little bit disappointing because it's getting this close and you yeah. can't really see too much detail in it. Normally you'd be able to, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can see like kind of the the like the caps of the planet. Yeah, and then there's like a few a few places where there's such a large depression in the actual surface, like a crater, that the dust is like obviously conforming to the shape of the planet. And so when you look at the planet as it stands now, the dust is, like, darker in that area because yeah. it's, like, down in the shadow of this giant crater. So it kind of looks... It almost looks like a sunspot. Mm-hmm. It's like a giant scab on the planet, really. Um, so, yeah, pretty wild, though. Full, full-blown, yeah. the entire planet itself is covered in dust. Yep. Yeah, it's just crazy. So moving on to the, um, to the next topic here before our break. Uh, yesterday was the 49th anniversary of Apollo 11 moon landing, the first landing on the moon. The biggest thing in history. Yep. Um, yeah. Apollo 11, 49th anniversary of the landing, July 20th, 1969. And we're, like, I don't know. I I was looking on social media and all that, and there's a lot of things posted. Yeah. And it's, it's a really big thing, and... Um, like I said, in most episodes we have, we, we always mention a, another astronaut and just try to call him out and say, you know, kind of give our, uh, appreciation for that particular person or whoever it is. And, um, but these guys, all three of these guys, I mean, yeah, massive, like massive props. I mean, you, you can't, you can't say enough because it's like yeah. these guys were in their thirties. Yeah going somewhere they risking their lives yeah, they literally like almost expecting to i mean possibly die i mean yeah. it literally was 50 50 um what an amazing accomplishment that we as human beings 
made possible. But um, unfortunately, a lot of people don't believe it. But it, I, I think it's you have to you have to give mad respect to these these guys. I mean, it's I can't even imagine doing what they did, walking on the moon, first time in in, in human history, walking on another heavenly body. Um, and you're, you're in your thirties and you're just, you grew up as a test pilot and did all these things and you have nerves of steel and then you basically just get chosen. And from what I've heard from a lot of these guys, it was basically, I was in the right place at the right time. I happened to get picked to go do this yep. and here I am. And I can't imagine being, you know, I just turned 30 in June. I can't imagine walking on the moon in my 30s like <laughs> being in like that just scene. just automatically like just randomly getting uh, obviously you know it wouldn't happen now like if i would if i were to have like the test you know naval, pilot naval back, pilot yeah, yeah background and all that kind of thing okay yeah maybe that could happen and maybe maybe it was the space race currently you know maybe it would happen but i can't imagine being in my like my current age going on a mission to the moon with three, with two other dudes and yeah that just blows my mind but yeah. um huge like huge accomplishment for the, like the human race like and I, that's what makes me disappointed that some people don't believe it but you know yeah so the um yeah very very um cool anniversary a lot like these guys are so humble in many ways you, i mean really you know they talk about it a lot they're they travel the country those that are still alive but it's it's when they were alive post moon landing. They're just these humble human beings that are just so they're proud but humble. Um, and back 49 years ago, July 16th, 1969, is when they actually stepped foot in the command module Columbia yep. on the top of the Saturn V and strapped in, launched to the moon, landed on that July 20th, that fateful evening. Um, pretty cool. I mean, it's just it's such a cool. Um, you know, you've got the black and white videos you see popping up on social media, and we've talked about this a lot. Yeah, what it meant as far as changing. I mean, really, the is it's the next frontier. It's the final frontier space. It's it's just humanity changing its course. It's it's you know not being satisfied with what we have explored here on our own Earth and moving forward. This was the first actual step towards that. Yeah, and that's pretty stellar. Um, this was, yeah, I mean, I would say this is the first big step, you know, away from Earth for exploration. I mean, yeah. before ever, everyone thought it was flat, Earth was flat, and, you know, some people still then do. they found the new world, and some people still do, as we know. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't, like, I literally, I can't even put myself in the shoes of Michael Collins, mm -hmm. Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong. I can't, like, in my 30s, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna get strapped to how many millions of tons of rocket thrust, yeah. thrust, and I'm gonna fly to the moon, and with with literally a computer surrounding me that's not even really. I mean, it might be as strong as one of those little yeah. like college oh yeah uh, like calculators a or like, a pager yeah yeah it's just so that's yeah. how that's how like sophisticated the equipment was and right. I just I can't I can't imagine in this day and age. I mean, this day and age, I think it would be obviously a little bit more. I mean, way more efficient just with oh for sure. You know, using 
the space that we had a little bit more efficiently because most of the space that they had in the command module was the computer. Mm-hmm. So, and, th- and that was just because it just that's what it was. Like that's when computers fill the whole room. Yeah, that's when you know that's that that's what that life was. It was just different times. But now it's like we have something that was is more powerful and we can hold it in the palm of our hand mm-hmm. and we can look at our Facebook. Like, you know, that, isn't that crazy? It like, is nuts. The but, the amount of, like, you see even photos from those early computing days where servers and just computing systems, like early IBM days and things like that, where it really was full rooms. Yeah. And now you can have it on your little solid state drive that's the size of your your key or whatever. Yeah, I mean... Um, it's nuts. That That's, like... Back then, it, w- it was a huge deal if you could have a computer that was in one room. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. In this day and age, and then you had these genius rocket scientists from Germany mm-hmm. that were just c- able to create this monster of a man-made machine, the Saturn V, yep. and they got us to the moon. And I just... Those guys, like, I don't know, those three men and all the other men that were a part of Apollo, a part of the whole space program leading up to that, like, you have to just bow your head. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Like, I don't know. I, I think uh, this this kind of thing doesn't get enough attention. And, you know, even yesterday being the 49th anniversary and, you know, next year we'll hit the 50th. Yeah. I just... I. I'm just really disappointed that there's not more, not more emphasis put on this mm-hmm. uh, by, by modern day media. Yeah. Because it's you go on the news, you go on CNN, Fox News, which at this point in time I don't even watch it anyway because it just gets depressing. But you go on any other news outlet and there's really not a ton of anything covering it. So you yeah. just yeah, I just, it's really disappointing to me because yeah, other than the yeah. social media that like we follow yeah being space people you don't see it on mainstream stuff yeah yeah you need to i just it's really 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 sad um that you have to go on instagram just to follow somebody who has a passion for apollo and history or or not even apollo but just history in general or you know this day in history kind of thing like it's it's really disappointing this is the biggest thing we've ever done as a human race and Mm -hmm. no one even bats an eyelash at this point yeah because i I, it just i don't know i don't know where what what's happening to the world i don't know but yeah we should have done a survey go out and survey people what happened on july 20th 1969 49 years ago today yeah we yesterday see how many people could actually get it probably not a lot probably less than 10 percent yeah which is blows my mind blows my mind um and i remember even growing up in middle school in eighth grade and we had history books and there was just a tiny little section that mentioned the moon landings in that history book and it it, that should be a few pages long it should should, like it should be the cover yeah that that literally should be the cover of history it it, it just yeah it irritates me because a lot of like there's so many like even on um there's that guy we follow on Instagram, the Apollo program. Yeah. And this guy, like, I'd love to hang out with this guy. Great guy. Seems like he goes out and he's, he's like a social media guy for basically 
promoting the history of Apollo yeah. and all all of the people involved. Um, kind of an amateur yeah. uh, Apollo historian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you see him go on there. He posts a lot of uh, things. Even yesterday and the day before, he was leading up to the day. He was, you know, or leading up to the anniversary. He was posting a lot of things and. Um, a lot of people going on there just, you know, putting like, oh, this is fake, never happened, you know, yeah. th- like that kind of thing. It's, I, what kind of world do you live in? Like, right. that, what kind of world do you live in? I mean, same people who think the world's flat and yeah. that, you know, that the sun's a giant LED light bulb. Yep, that's pretty, pretty um, crazy. Yeah, but anyway, it's just, it's... Uh, that's why we're here. We have to spread the word. We do. Yeah. And there is a beautiful photo I'm looking at right now of the Saturn V that flew the Apollo 11 astronauts in the command module Columbia up to the moon um, on that July 16th date when it actually launched. It's yep. in the background and then in the in the foreground is the American flag and it's just taken as the Saturn V is working its way through the like the dense part of the lower atmosphere so it's condensing around the... It's just cool. I'll post it on yeah. our Instagram and you should we'll pay a, pay a little homage to. I mean, even though it's yesterday it was the 49th actual anniversary, we will still um, we'll post it, and then uh, of course we'll post the podcast too. So, um, but yeah, really an amazing day for not only you know the United States in achieving our in achieving the goal that JFK set set out um, to to land men on the moon within that 10 year um, time period he kind of set out, but also for just the human race in general. Like, yeah. no other humans have ever been on the moon other than, you know, successive Apollo missions. Yeah. But it's just crazy. that That's what I think really people don't understand is it's it's not like this is an, an, a normal thing that we do nowadays where we just very routinely send people up to the moon and it's just there and back, there and back all the time. It's not, that's not what it is. And that really, I think, could possibly put it into perspective for people about how crazy and risky and really truly amazing this was so yeah I, I yeah it's people in i mean i guess i guess it's been this way for a long time but yeah people just they they go nuts on one thing they go nuts on a guy like justin bieber and then they right. just don't bat an eyelash to something that's actual real reality like uh, amazing human accomplishment right like this it, it's like i don't know you could say hey it's you know, not to bash Justin Bieber, you know, he, he's a good guy, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but it's, just, it's like, uh, it's crazy, though. Like, people go nuts on certain things, and then other, like, miraculous human accomplishments, they don't even care. It's right. just, it's pretty crazy. But I would just like to call out that the backup crew for this mission was Jim Lovell, mm-hmm. Bill Anders, and Fred Hayes. Yep. So, and on top of that, you have, I mean, not only the amount of people that were in Houston, the amount of people who actually built the Saturn V. Like, think of all the people behind this whole thing. Yeah. And then, obviously, the taxpayers of the United States of America that got this thing going. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. It was not a cheap rocket. No. Not it, a cheap... Uh, the Apollo... Uh, let's no, see it here. wasn't like a... It wasn't a uh, Uber uh, yeah. to the moon. It was not cheap. But it, you, you got to think of all this... All the stuff, like all the things that come into play to help these guys. It wasn't just three guys that just decided to hop on a rocket. You right. know, you think of, you've got Gene Kranz, you've got 
Who else? Charlie Duke. Charlie Duke, the Capcom. Yeah. So Ken Manningly, Capcom, like all these people who Jack Swigert in the background, like just all these things that come into play, like all these guys that were basically just a big family right. of guys that help these guys get there. But you have to, I mean, you you just have to give it to the guys that actually went and actually made it a successful mission. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can't believe. Yeah, when it was literally, literally yeah. in their hands. When it was go time. Yep. Yeah, when it was, especially for the landing, we all know the story of the landing where it, it got down to the computer guiding him to a, it, the location it was guiding, maybe it was an incorrect look, it was not an incorrect location, but it was a boulder yeah, field, it was basically. It was, yeah. yeah it was, they weren't expecting what they were you know, ended up seeing when they got there, and right. so, what did what did they do? Neil Armstrong took manual it. just took it into manual. That's parked that sucker. Badass right there. Yeah. So I, you have to like I can't imagine being in a situation like that. Like, if I was on the lunar module and we're landing on the moon, half of me is kind of like hope this thing lands itself. Yeah. Because <laughs> hell, I don't want to try this. Like, yeah. You know, but that's why they they got on the. You know the the dangerous, whatever the you know the contraption that they had for yeah. testing the landings and all that kind all of thing. All the simulators yeah, and so all that. Yeah, it came all, in came in handy. All the work that came into it, it was uh, pretty pretty crazy. But shout out to those guys. Yeah, Apollo Eleven. Cheers to that. And uh, with that said, I think both of our tank bender beer glasses are empty. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. We've got a very special guest coming up uh, after the break. We'll refill and be back with you in just a few minutes. Welcome back from the break. We are refilled on our beverages. Um, We're now drinking... What was it, David? From the Growler? We have a little bit of a, a taste of harmony, and it's um, the Fiddlesticks. Fiddlesticks. So it's, yeah, it's it's a little bit, it's like a 7% beer. Um, pretty good. Similar and, to Two Hearted. I yeah, think. It's, yeah, it's yeah it, it's my go-to when I go to Harmony. It's a, like a local brewery close to town here, but um, very good, very drinkable. It's, it, you know, just... You can only have a couple of them because they're hefty. They get a little hefty after a while, but nonetheless, very good beer, uh, good local beer, like we just had with Tank Bender at Fonders. So, yep. um, huge fans of both places, but yeah, that's what we got cooking. Yeah, we got a whole we had, growler. Uh, yeah, whole growler fill. So yep. there's plenty to go around, uh, which is great because we have our very special guest coming back on for the second time to this podcast, Race Chaser Dad. He's down here talking about his brand new telescope, which has been named The Beasts. <laughs> so far. <laughs> got, to, got to come up with a name for it. One of, one of my coworkers named the, thir- the uh, Odyssey one the 13.1 Mr. Peepers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Accused me of hanging out in apartment building uh, parking lots. <laughs> Mr. Peeper. Uh, we'll see what this one's named. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it figure it out. After so, we, uh, yeah, so, after you... <clears throat> uh, give it a few months here. We'll we'll get a good name for it, but yeah, it'll come natural. Yeah, yeah. But 
Yeah, that's what we wanted to talk about in the second half of episode 11. Yeah. The anniversary of Apollo 11, 49 years ago. It's all coming and together. It's just, it's, it's just, can you feel it? I can, can feel it. Can you feel it in your plums <clears throat> right now? Right now, so the, good. Uh, the uh, oculation of Mars uh, is so yep. fantastic, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah. We were just talking about that. It's almost the, um, the exact opposition date is on Friday. Yeah. Friday, yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Pretty cool time. Which, Pretty. speaking of dates, is my birthday. Perfect. So. <laughs> Drop the mic. Scope yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, scope and night. Hopefully, I mean, it's been the last three weeks, it's been like nearly perfect every night for scoping, but we still have yet to get out to a good location. We've gone to the driveway and all that. Had, had, the, scopes, had, but the, yeah. had the six inch out, had David's ten but inch out. Now that we have the big one, yep. the beast. we the have beast. the beast. The beast um, with a drive. Yeah. So, tell us a little about. We wanted to have you on here just to talk about the beast and just go down the rabbit of, hole. Just of go scopes. down the ra- rabbit hole of just scopes. All that is scopes. Um, but tell us a little bit about about you know why did you want to upgrade from your current scope to this one? What are the advantages, disadvantages? You know. Well, this one with uh, the aperture, a 16-inch aperture, is so much bigger than even the 13-inch. Uh, you know, over the 10-inch that you have, uh, this one would be like adding a 9-inch scope to my 13-inch scope. So it's going from 134 square inches of mirror to 201 plus square inches of mirror. So I'm hoping to be able to see some things that I've never seen before, and I've seen some pretty fantastic things in that Odyssey. I mean, you know, Odyssey was one of the first big scopes that came out commercially after you know John Dobson invented the Dobsonian scope. The the San Francisco Street Astronomy Association, that whole group, kind of came up with these clinics and started building these big, big aperture scopes. And Odyssey was one of the first ones uh, commercially available. And at the time I got it, it, it was probably about. Uh, eight years old at the time. I found it on in the bargain corner of the newspaper at the time. There wasn't any such thing as the internet. So picked it up and uh, really, really have had some good times with that scope. But my one of the things with this one and everything that it came with was just phenomenal. It came with a Telrad finder, which is what I have on the 13. It just projects a target into the sky. A lot of newer scopes have the laser dots and, and a lot of them have the 10 by 50 uh, finder scopes and that kind of thing but I really like looking through that it's a target and you can it's got a rheostat on it so it's dimmable if you're looking for something faint you can go up if you're looking at a planet you can you know put the thing on full blast and see the planet but mm-hmm. when you're uh, out looking for something faint you know galaxy nebula that type of thing it's nice to be able to tone that down a little bit with that rheostat but this one's got a uh, two inch focuser on it and I brought I just bought one for the 13 inch that I got on the table here with us and a friend loaned me a couple of uh, two-inch eyepieces that uh, I always said I wanted to have an eyepiece as big as a beer can, and that baby is. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's, yeah it it is. literally is yeah. uh, about as tall. Yeah, that, that is pretty awesome. That's about as big as a Coors Light can. Yeah, so. yeah. And <laughs> so, we were saying earlier, it looks like, I mean, this is just the eyepiece for this telescope, but it looks like a full-blown camera lens, like yeah. a, a, yeah. an it SLR camera yeah. lens. Yeah. It yeah. literally looks like huge. a camera lens. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the real but, deal. So, yeah. and then getting into the scope itself, uh, the you know the way it was advertised and so forth, I, I found it on Craigslist. 
uh, over in Wisconsin and talked to the guy a couple of times via email and texting and that type thing and finally kind of put a deal together so went down with uh, David's older brother Nath to uh, Chicago and met the guy there and picked it up uh, then mirrors need to be uh, re-illuminized which I will do and I've found a few places I mean you can go anywhere from uh, like I say the San Francisco group out there you can get there's a guy in that club that'll do a, a real uh, illuminizing for probably about $85 by the time he strips and recoats it and sends it back to me. The, the, the bigger cost there would be the freight to get it back and forth. Uh, but he's saying that his coating is just over 80% reflectivity. And for about under 300 you can get uh, 96%. And for just over 300 you can get 97%. I don't know that I need that extra percent to... Uh, mess with not that it's that big of cost difference but uh, just going from uh, going to silver coating I'm not real sure I've never had that before so just for the one percent I'm going to stick with uh, going back and having it re-chromed and just do that the whole thing or aluminized mm -hmm. now uh, what is the like obviously you have the whole thing re-chromed mm -hmm. you send it to this guy he, re he he does his thing with it like compared to your current scope what's going to be the main difference obviously yeah. it's it's a bigger scope you're going to have a lot more light that's it, it's able to take in and all that and the image is going to be that much more brilliant but like what is that going to be the main difference you're going to have more detail like what's the advantages to a going to a detail. little bit bigger this, this one is advertised it being able to go down to a 16th magnitude star so that'll be you know a lot dimmer than what I can currently see with the the current scope uh, this one also has encoders on it so if you triangulate it uh, I'll have to download uh, Sky Safari and the guy that I bought it from said these encoders needed an Android and I know you can get Sky Safari for Apple so I'm not yeah. sure why he's thinking that I would need an Android. I, Maybe I he has know. an Android then. Yeah. yeah. But because I, you know, we walked out and we looked at it and you showed me that the thing has like a, a phone stand or phone holder on it the actual it's scope. Got a, so it's one of the one of the trusses have, yeah, has a phone. It's basically the thing set up to basically like sync in. Yeah, sync in Bluetooth right to the scope, and you're good to go. Like you can follow a planet, you can follow a star, whatever. You, Whatever you want to follow, basically, right. from what well, you've you told to, me. You but. triangulate it first. Yeah. Uh, we, you sync the phone, obviously, to the encoders. You triangulate it, say, on Polaris and Vega and Sirius or whatever you want to do. And then you, it. I've not used Sky Safari, but I'm hearing you pointed at something you want to look at. and it, It'll ask you, are you sure you want to look at that? And you say yes, and it goes, okay, that's what I'm going to triangulate on. And then you point at another star and so forth. And then if you uh, go to M81, M82, a couple of galaxies up in Ursa Major uh, that you can see on together in the same field of view under a low, low eyepiece, low power eyepiece, uh, you can go to that and it'll zero out when you get to it on both axis. Mm. This one, though, has the advantage of having uh, come with a JMI TNT drive train and track drives so I'll be able to track for at least 10 minutes uh, not that that's a huge like a clock drive type equatorial mount where you can you know take a photograph and sync the thing for an hour and a half I'll be able to take 10 minute photos and stack those and mm -hmm. get a pretty good image I would think 
but uh, yeah. we'll have to get Matt's wife, uh, her, yeah. get her camera out there, get a T adapter for her camera to get this thing really fired up. Yeah. I, I am super excited though. When I plugged it into the drive the other day and everything started yeah. whirring and moving, yeah. I was like, yes. And then I've got the experience. I've got some experience stacking from uh, from the Eclipse. Oh yeah. So yeah. that yeah. the image that we have actually hanging down here in the pub is um, my uh, the images that I took stacked in uh, Photoshop. So. We'll get that all together, and yeah. all of a sudden we're going to look pro. <laughs> speaking speaking of Eclipse, is the plan to bring this to the 2024 Eclipse with a solar filter over the whole mirror, like like just? I don't think you can buy a 16-inch <laughs> solar filter. I think you can buy the film. My question is, why film. not? Why not? I just expense. I mean, if I bought one like I have for the six-inch, that's a glass. Solar yeah. filter, that thing would can be you imagine, cost though? prohibitive. You can buy the film and make an inexpensive one. I think you can buy it at various widths. Yeah. I'm not sure you can buy it that wide, but uh, you could also just put a cap on the end of the scope and put my six inch filter on it. I mean, and just have six inch aperture on right. a 16 inch scope and yeah. track while, while you're watching the eclipse. One thing I really like about the drive on that JMI driver is, is there's rheostats on that as well. Oh nice. So but, you can trim yeah. it a little bit if it starts leading what you're looking at or, or following, you know, losing it a little bit, you can kind of trim the drive a little bit. So that'll be kind of nice. The one thing that was nice about the six inch scope at the eclipse was it was a nice full picture of the moon. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this would be like a sliver. I mean, it would be some incredible detail. You could see like the full. I'm sure you could see some cool stuff, but yeah. Um, that's that's why. I mean, the big the bigger the better. <laughs> I mean, ask not what your telescope can do for you. Ask what you can do for your telescope. In this case, like, can you get a 16 inch total? Like solar filter over the whole. Like, I would think <laughs> I you can. Think You've got you, enough time. Twenty twenty four is one we're waiting for. So you yeah. got time. And I, Almost and six do, years. No. That's my challenge. This, this to all you. Come, this That's also can, it's a you. truss tube scope. So it's not like the thirteen. The thirteen is a solid tube. This one's a truss tube, which is the the head is mounted on trusses to the base to the actual oct optical tube. So the, the part where the primary mirror is is the base, and then it's got trusses that go up and hold the the head for the focuser, the secondary mirror, and so forth. So there's a little bit more collimating that, you know, once you put it together and get it, I have to fine tune the collimation every time I use it, where the, the 13, I can pretty much take it out in the field and it's collimated right. pretty much right out of the box. But this so. looks more pro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, thing, this thing is ridiculous. So if you want to take, like, good photos and, and good imagery of a planet or, you know, whatever you want to look at, this is going to be... The the deal, the real deal. Well, you guys have looked through the 6-inch, and you've looked through the 13-inch, and even looking at Saturn, at Jupiter, you can see colors. I mean, you look at Jupiter in the 13-inch, it looks orange, and you can see cloud belts in color. Mm -hmm. You know, this one is going to be looking like a photograph. I mean, mm -hmm. it's gonna you're going to see awesome. those colors. You're going to add almost your 10-inch scope to my 13. That's the kind of image you're going to get out of this yeah, thing. The power. So it's going to be just ridiculous. Plus a two-inch eyepiece. I've never looked through a two-inch eyepiece before. So I've got some really good inch and a quarter eyepieces, which I plan on keeping. You know, the the focusers have an inch and a quarter adapter. So my better eyepieces, I'll hang on to those and uh, get some of these uh, two-inch and see where we go from there. Yeah. So we've got the nickname down for the eyepiece. That's the beer can. <laughs> 
Yeah. We'll work on the collo colloquial name for the actual scope. Currently, the beast, but we'll we'll fine tune that. The beast. Yeah. There might be a little bit more. Uh, that's yeah. The the beast is. We'll, we'll start with that. We'll we'll see where that takes us. I like it the, could just it could just hold on. It yeah. could. I like the beer can though for the eyepiece. Like we break out the beer the, can. <laughs> just break it out. Like just call the. We could just call the whole thing the beer can. <laughs> Honestly, I mean realistically, but uh, we could yeah. uh, we could go with something with uh, like the. Apollo, we could call this Apollo uh, 16 with the 16-inch uh, yeah. aperture. It's like the Saturn <laughs> yeah. V of telescopes. Yeah, this thing it is, really is. This thing is cool. Yeah, yeah. No more, uh, no more. Just you know, little rocket in the front yard. It, this is a full-on. This is a good well, beast. 13-inch is pretty darn good for yeah, a backyard yeah. scope. Where, you know, this thing is just like you say, it's ridiculous. Last yeah. summer at the uh, when we were out on Lake Michigan looking at the 13, I was pretty blown away yeah. by some of the, like the globular clusters and stuff. But this is going to be nuts. And I think one thing um, that kind of brought me back to it was around Christmas time when the three of us went to the telescope class thing that they, the Grand Rapids Astronomy Association put on, and with the drive the thing that they were saying was with sky safari you kind of have to know the night sky before you get down that road like you don't want to go out and buy a scope that has the sky safari and just assume that it's going to just totally locate exactly what you want but in this case obviously you're very in tune with the night sky you're going to be able to triangulate it to polaris yeah. or whatever yeah you can go out yeah. and figure out what you're looking at. i mean that's one of the most intimidating things i think for new scope owners is they go out and they think oh my gosh i have no idea what i'm looking at i don't know how to find a planet i don't know what the constellations are mm -hmm. and i think that uh, a lot of the go-to stuff has really helped those folks but it also hurts them because it's like driving around with a gps you never yeah. quite learn your way around because you're always looking or listening to your gps and you never right. really pay attention to what street you're turning on yeah because it's telling you what to do yeah you're following so, exactly yeah. what the machine is telling yeah, you yeah or exactly. you have no idea where to even punch in the coordinate to go you know that's the thing that's what they were you know telling us most of the time is a lot of people like it's just better to do it manually because then you learn the roads you you know you learn all that kind of stuff instead of just having you know something basically doing it for you but yeah. also not doing it for you correctly well, exactly because it's going to be like, off it's, yeah. yeah it's like unless you have it set up the correct way you have it might be pointing at one place and you you just get frustrated with the thing ultimately and not even learn a thing about it and you get it just ends up collecting dust in the garage which is what the main message was at that yeah. meeting but and we have yeah. a mutual friend that just bought a 13-inch uh, that hasn't gotten it out yet because he's so intimidated by it, which is too bad. I mean, that's yeah. just, you know, he's asked me, he, he and his family came over the other night and we got the 6-inch out in the driveway just to look at Mars for the kids. But uh, he's just so intimidated by the size of the thing that right. i, I got to get over there and you know, really get out with him a little bit on it. It's not like I'm a, you know, stellar... Uh, book of knowledge right. I, but you're I still, but you're I, I know what books to take with me when yeah. I'm out viewing so you're definitely beyond the point of just a, a, a starting out amateur yeah, you yeah, know you've, yeah. you've had experience with the night sky where that this this drive for you is will truly be, be so a beneficial yeah. benefit it's not going to be this like thing that oh we have this but we can't really use it because we can't figure out how to work it and we right. can't triangulate it this thing's going to be locked and loaded it's yeah. going to be Zipping along some awesome stacking photos for like a 10 minute exposure. Watch it's out, be cool. Woodlawn, because we are coming. <laughs> yeah, we need to we do like coming. a 10 minute exposure of like, I don't know, something. 
something I think, cool. I think we should do the Ring Nebula. Yeah, so I was going to say like a Nebula or yeah, a Galaxy. Straight it's up so cool. Ring Nebula. Some yeah, of that, that stuff, and it would be really cool to post that. A lot of that stuff, like you can do, um, so there's one guy, He's like, I think he's a German guy, probably in his mid-20s, maybe, you know, early 30s. And he does these like half-hour films, basically, of his scope mm-hmm. and the night sky. And it's it's pretty cool. Like what he he focuses on one point and then just goes across the whole sky. Might be thirty minute time frame, but he does like a time lapse of that all. It'd be pretty cool to start doing stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know if we can do that, but it'd be pretty fun. The Milky Way out at yeah. the beach is just going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know if you guys did it last year, but just to take the scope and not look for anything, just kind of comb around, and mm-hmm. you know, if you slow mo, just slew through the Milky Way, you can't believe all the things you see. Right. Just with a, not even a big scope, but a, you know, like the, a lot of people, you know, six inch scope years ago was massive. You know, well yeah. now you can buy twenty five inch, you know, obsessions that are, yeah, you know, cost prohibitive for me. But right. you know, a lot of people that can buy those things, it's just like, oh my gosh, that's like an observatory. I mean, yeah. I consider this, yeah, you know, this is <laughs> your observatory. Move. That that's this is that move for me. Yeah. yeah. So this is bucket list, but it's light bucket list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And the, really the cool, I mean, this is like one of the, really one of the big premises of this podcast in general is exactly what you're talking about, going out to somewhere where it's dark and you can view the Milky Way, kind of slew around, and you just look at something and it puts, like you might have had a long day at work, you might have had a long week at work or whatever, you're just, you look at that though and you're like, okay, I'm, cool. <laughs> I, I'm good, you know, and, yeah. and it just... Yeah. Um, it just makes you feel good. I mean, and it puts life into perspective, and you just really, I don't know, it's its something you need to do. That's why our whole slogan is get out and look up. I mean, it really is important, not only for these events that take place so rarely, like this opposition to Mars, where it's going to be as close as it has been in... 18 years. Yeah. A long time, yeah. yeah. And then before that, 60,000 or something like yeah. that. So, um, Or eclipses and things like that are much more rare. But even the daily stuff that you can get out and look out every single night yeah. it, with your kids or wherever it may be, um, it's an important part of being a human, I think. Yeah, they yeah, really there's data that came out, I don't know, a month or so ago about M31, the Andromeda Galaxy, saying that they think now that the Milky Way is more on par with the Andromeda Galaxy. So mm. they've almost doubled the size over the past few years of yeah. how big they think the Milky Way is. Based on research. Right. Yeah. They're, they're looking at the Milky Way, you know, years ago it was 100,000 light years across. Well, then it went to 120, and then 140 now, 160, even 180, they're saying. Wow. So, you know, they're saying that we are as big as, I don't know, who figured it all out, those yeah. guys. Uh, my brain would melt trying yeah. to figure that stuff <laughs> it out. definitely but, hurts. Uh, my brain yeah. is melting right now. hurts the company, yeah. on that. What do you think? It, We've talked about that before, too. Um, that feeling, like, there's this, there's this feeling like none other where you're looking out at something in the telescope or you think about something like these researchers study and it hurts your head so hard that like it just it you feel like you can't comprehend any any like additional information and that feeling is is grounding you know it just it's awesome i it's yeah. it's a weird feeling but a good one yeah it, and uh, it, we, we went to a yeah. marriage encounter and there was a young guy there from our church and uh 
he was talking about astronomy. We just had, you know, what are your interests? And yeah. you know, here I'm talking to a guy in his 30s, and he goes, oh, I kind of do astronomy, but I, I just sold my 9-inch SCT, and I want to upgrade a little bit. So I'm going to talk to him about the 13. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. But, Potential but, buyer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he'll have to put a drive on it, though, if he's used to an SCT. But anyway, he uh, he was talking about that, and he said, and I just sold it, but I still have my radio scope. And I'm going, you have a radio telescope? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I built it. I'm like, you built a radio telescope? My brain was beginning to melt yeah. as he was wow. talking. And uh, he said, yeah, he did it, and he did it out of an old uh, satellite dish. Mm. And I don't know how the heck he built the thing. I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. But he has a radio telescope. Wow. Wow. Like in his backyard. That's cool. <laughs> Super cool. That's, yeah, where does he live? <laughs> <laughs> he must live close by. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll stop by. We'll bring some, uh, we'll bring a, you know. He drinks pallet beer. Of, pallet of beer and we'll. we'll, we'll a pallet. Uh, yeah. We'll bring a whole pallet. <laughs> That's the new distribution quantity. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? A no pallet? No longer a case. No longer a case. A pallet. No. No, no more. Stacked high. You want a full. Keg? Nope, sorry, we only go by pallet now. Yeah. So, no, that would be, um, that's the thing with like, everything about this just hurts my head because, you, like, there's just so much stuff we don't know. And even like with the main topic of this podcast this week was Apollo 11, like, we're still talking small scale. Solar system at that point, super like, small, yeah. super small, yeah. like, like crazy we're not even, small. And now we're talking like you. Now you're talking. You know they're trying to still estimate that the Milky Way is how many umpteen million light years further across. And, like that's the thing. It just totally yeah. <clears throat> boggles my mind. Like I feel like we're very, very, like everyone. Most people are, we're just a bunch of pricks. And we all think we know everything. And we all just, like, we, we know this, this, and this. And politics, they, everyone knows, like, we just know everything. And we're, we're just, we're the smartest people ever and all that. Then you think about this kind of thing. And, like, we have no idea. We have no idea what we are. Right. We have no idea where we come from. And it's just, it's nuts. Like, when you start actually, this is real to me. Like, this is real stuff. The stuff that we have on Earth is just make-believe. Like, all this stuff, like money, all this kind of stuff, you start looking at this stuff, like, I hate to get all, like, dude, look at these stars. <laughs> but uh, you, you can't help but not do that. Because right. you just, like, it's it's insane. Like, when you start thinking about, like, this is all real things. Like, we're in a galaxy. Yeah. We have no idea how far it goes. We have no idea how far away the next thing. Like, it, we, we do have an idea, but it's not, like, set in stone like yeah, nothing's nothing. nothing's proven yeah. so that's the thing that boggles my mind but i think we yeah. have a new a new business idea here if we have uh some folks so we have the goods now this this the beast telescope and set it up at the beach and say are you feeling like you've been you know getting some criticism from your peers that you're being a prick lately <laughs> come to our telescope look at this freaking galaxy you're going to ground yourself, and you'll be much more successful yeah. in your business. Because <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> we should all wear, like, ties. Yeah. And you'll be very successful at your business. Just take a peek at this <laughs> and just chill. Just <laughs> stick your eye in this hole and look. Yeah. I promise yeah. you it'll blow your mind. We'll charge $10 a pop. <laughs> yeah. For a nominal fee. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, not, we're not trying to make money off of this, but... but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
But <laughs> yeah. But you're a prick, so. But we are trying to save up for a 16-inch solar filter, so. Well, part of you know part of the problem with current uh, astronomy and and space travel. I mean, I you know love the fact that Elon Musk is doing what he's doing and that type of thing, but you know these. <laughs> All the series that have been on over the years, and the movies, the Star Wars, and the all the Star Treks, and all those things, make it seem like to kids that warp drives are something that yeah. are you know is out there and it's been out there forever, and they don't look back at the real stuff like you guys are talking about Apollo, mm -hmm. where it all actually began, because they don't really have access to that in a, se a series type thing. Right. I mean, they could go see Apollo 13 back when that was in the theaters. But they didn't land on the moon in that movie or anything right. else. Where these kids are seeing all this stuff, where they're transporting people, you know, part through black particles, holes, yeah. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where you have to look at it and go, wait a minute, you know. And and most of like you just said, is theory, you know. Yeah. That, well, ancient astronaut or ancient, you know, so and so theory, and yeah. the theorists all say this. Well, kids don't pay attention to that. They just right. say, hey, ancient astronauts, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things that. They don't need to have it proven to them. They just think it's there. Yeah, exactly. Because I saw it on TV, so that's what it means. Yeah, know. it becomes real when it's, especially now with these new Star Wars movies and stuff, and the special effects are becoming more. And it just is assumed that it's just, that's how it is. Right. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. like, like I say, with Elon Musk and NASA, everything that they've done over the years, if you could launch, you know, like he did with the, the Falcon Heavy, and, you know, the Starman is out there headed into deep space right yeah, now yeah so by the time he's out there i mean if that thing went to the edge of the solar system mm -hmm. by the time that gets to the edge of the solar system we may have a system that could get us out there in half the time right so you would pass him before he could get yeah. out of the solar system right so i my theory and not my theory my thing has been over the years is let's get a propulsion system that works you know mm -hmm. let's get something where you can actually travel you know like we talk about all the the galaxy back when they were saying a hundred thousand light years across it would take you if you could travel anywhere near the speed of light minimum a hundred thousand years to get across it where yeah. you know these kids hear those kinds of things like, oh no you can just go to warp speed and go yeah. across you know just hop in that black yeah. hole over yeah. there yeah let's yeah. do a wormhole and get over there right now yeah. you know it's yeah. just one of those things where they don't realize that you know that stuff is all theory yeah no, like that's the thing that bugs me and when you're a little kid you have no perception and you're not really aware you're you're focused on your gi joe's your Barbies and you're you're just doing your thing and you just don't really appreciate or like have a, a sense of what's actually out there. So and even that that's what I was trying to make a point of earlier is that it's just most most even politicians like all these things like the main thing is like all these little things in our own lives and like our healthcare and all that kind of all this crap that like at the end of the day you can't take it to the grave and you end up dying and it's all gone anyway. Not to be sound all depressing, but the main thing, like no one focuses on like what's big out picture, there yeah. and like the big picture and like the exploration. And that's the thing that I liked about Kennedy is that he was focused on that. And that's what got us to the moon. Like putting all that money into that and like going to the moon. Like that's, we had a bunch of guys that had mines of steel and just, like we're able to get there and like do that kind of thing and we're interested in all that and like interested in you know rendezvous and all this kind of stuff that like and had to learn it from like scratch basically 
that's like the crazy thing to me now. Like I've, I've just had this every day. I just wake up and I think there's just these kids that just, they don't, all they care about is like Pokemon and yeah, or something like that. Like that's, or their iPad or like, or what somebody liked on their Instagram. Yeah. Like I'm like, Son of a gun! Like it's like, it's like we said. We, uh, yeah. I think episode. I can't remember what episode it was. It was a while back now, uh, which is weird to say because we're like eleven episodes in. Anyway, it was a while back. We're ancient and, now. Yeah, we are. Um, it was like get get the iPad out of your kid's hand and go outside at night and look up and just talk. I mean, you look at something real. Yeah, like I mean, that's just, that's real. It's there. Or even yeah, like even if like, you want to like. Take the iPad out of your kid's hand and go on a nature hike, and then mm-hmm. you go from there and you talk about. It just, you see kids in the store, you know, and like the kids kind of whining or whatever, and just all of a sudden the the parent just hands them like their like their personal iPhone or whatever, and they load up a YouTube video, and that I think that's a huge issue, like it's really is. I mean, it, it's a a fundamental issue in how people are raising their kids, and um, I don't have kids of my own, but it's one of those things where it's just their attention span is becoming shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Well, it, yeah. I think that's and the case for, like, grown, grown-ups, too. Distracted yeah. It's driving. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, hey, people, you, people, like, people don't even, that's that's the thing, like, we talked about the, with the movies now. Yeah. It's like, people, like, they have to have explosions every five yeah, it's seconds. Yeah, action, action, Otherwise, they're just like, oh, I'm going to check my Facebook. Yeah. It's just like, that's the thing with space and, like, with all this, all these things that are real things that are, like, bigger than anything, bigger than any little problem we have on any day of any day of the week, any day of our life, mm-hmm. any pol- any political thing, any you know, anything with politics, it's bigger than any of that. Like, this stuff's been there for billions and billions of years that right. it's just, like, it's our universe. Like, no one even wants to, like, look at it at all, except for, like, this... I feel like it's uh, I can compare it to cycling, where it's like this small bubble of people who watch like the Tour de France on TV and actually appreciate and know what's going on. Yeah, it's the same thing with space exploration. Yeah. It's like people look at it and they're like, "Oh yeah, I know what's going on. Like I appreciate this. What what's happening right now?" Yeah, they're in tune. With yeah, them. yeah. Like it. Like with when I got to go to NASA Langley and 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 watch the Orion splash test. Like, most people would look at that and go, well, it just looked like a piece of tin falling into a, a giant pool. What's so cool about that? And yeah. to me, it's like, this is history. Like, yeah, this thing's actually planning to go to yeah. go to a trip to Mars, take the first humans to Mars. Like, you know, they don't know what's going on. You know? So that's, that's the thing. Is like, a lot of people just feel like there's just, is it, what's the word? Is it, what is it, ADD? I don't is know. Is that what we call it? Like Something. It's something. But, but I would, you know, and, and what's funny, so recently uh, my wife Julia and I were in L.A. and we stayed at an Airbnb. And what we realized is when we stayed at the Airbnb, I got an email that said, you know, your Airbnb is, is uh, you know, upcoming. Just here's the final details. Great service. Had an excellent time. But what it also had for these big cities now in like L.A., Chicago, wherever, um, they have Airbnb experiences. So instead of you're you're not you know spending a little bit of money to stay at someone's house essentially, you're spending a little bit of money to go on a hike, like someone that knows the area really well. Or if you wanted to go on a brewery tour or whatever, we could do our business, <laughs> our business, get the Airbnb Grand Rapids experiences, come out to the lake, ten bucks, we'll, <laughs> we'll let you look at the. 
Globular cluster. <laughs> you want you want to go to the tin can? Yeah. No, we're going to yeah. the lake. We're going to look through a telescope. Yeah. We'll yeah. get you shit faced. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, get, we'll yeah. take care of you. We'll but you're not you. going to the tin can. Beverages will be included. Yeah. You just yeah. come. Yeah. You're not that, going to the local <laughs> shit bar. That would be, you know, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. It really would yeah. be. I, it's. Uh, I don't think Airbnb has the experiences thing. It's in. It's in beta. T- it's like in L.A. and Chicago, and that's in New York, and that's about it. But someday, we're in the, one of the best places say, you to guys, do it. Chicago. Chicago doesn't even have a good beach. We they have don't. a great beach. We've got the better side of the beach. Yeah, Everyone on the on the west side of uh, of Lake Michigan, it's not as nice. I'll tell you that. The east yeah. side of Lake Michigan is nice. The west side is like rocky and yeah, kind of even <laughs> trashy. Can, it's the same deal when you're in Grand Rapids. It's east side's a little bit better. West side, <laughs> not so it's, much. It's uh, you know, it's. Yeah. But it's getting better. It's working its, its way. It's yeah. coming back, yeah. It's working its I way. I work on the west side. It's good It's good there, so. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So we're going back to the scope. I yeah. Am, I am really excited to get this thing out and get it uh, first light. And here we are. The Today, uh, even the Grand Rapids Amateur Astronomy Association canceled their uh, night tonight out at the observatory. Yeah, rainy. Because of the rain and clouds and so forth. But... Uh, Really want to get this thing out. Even before we get the the mirrors uh, reilluminized, I'm going to uh, take it out to the beach and just see what it can do. Um, it may or may not be the same as the 13. I think it will be better, even though the mirrors need to be. Uh, I think it will be yeah. readdressed. But uh, and I'm a little bummed out about that. I was a little bit bummed out to get down there and see what kind of shape the mirrors were in. But uh, for the cost, uh, I'm still well under the cost of the new scope without having the uh, JMI TNT drive without having the encoders, without having the Telrad. Uh, I mean, I'm still well under the cost of a new bare bones scope uh, from Mead. It's a Mead Lightbridge 16. I don't know if we even mentioned what brand it was, but uh, very nice, very affordable, big aperture scope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we will be posting some photos of it on Instagram and Watch out National Geographic because we'll post some photos of what it looks like looking through it in a few weeks. I think the the only <laughs> the only appropriate place to take it for its first first moment in your hands is the beach, the I beach, think. Yeah. So we we got to take it out there and uh, and that's the best place to take it honestly, like unless you go unless we go way up north, but I mean, the that's beach, only a couple weeks out though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah the beach two is weeks out. 2 weeks two out, weeks. out, so Take it out there, and uh, we'll ha- we'll give it a go. But yeah, should be f- some good good viewing. Yeah, we'll get some pictures but posted. Get it out onto the uh, where we're gonna look. You know where we're gonna do our observing and uh, put a tarp down to keep the sand out of the drives and so forth. But uh, just get it out there, and uh, before we go out, I'll get that uh, Sky Safari downloaded and see what we can do and sync it here at the house and yeah. you know see how that works and how you know i don't want to go out there and just start gee whiz how does this work and, right you know, i'd like have to have it ready that. to go yeah. yeah just figure that all out before we go out but i'm excited to get this thing out it is just absolutely humongous i mean i when i bought the 13 i thought that thing and it is it's huge it is yeah. but when you get this out and you look at it and you <laughs> pull the cover off the mirror you go holy crap it's <laughs> big it's ridiculous yeah. 16 inches in <laughs> diameter is big. It's yeah. a big, big piece of equipment. And it'll be the biggest one I think I ever buy. I mean, uh, just for portability, it's it's actually easier for me to carry with my back 
uh, disassembled. You know, you, you take the trusses off and you know take the head off and get the optical tube out of the uh, cradle, and you can carry the cradle out. They say that weighs 54 pounds. I don't know that that that's probably sands the drive, so it probably weighs about 60 pounds. But uh, I've got a two-wheel cart. I'm going to do a little bit of modifying on that to put a bigger platform on it so I can wheel this out. Uh, and like we did last year, there's that wagon down at the beach that yep. goes right out on the boardwalk. So we'll, we'll get it out to where we want to uh, do our observing and get it reassembled and collimated and wait for the dark. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Wait for the dark. So we'll be posting some photos and let there be night. Let there be night, just like our like our t-shirts that we wear, yep. uh, featuring the uh, totality. Um, but yeah, the photo that's an excellent segue into kind of the tail end of the podcast where we talk about how you can um, how you can find these photos that we're posting and and link up with us. So um, we'll be posting stuff regularly on our Instagram and Twitter mainly. Uh, that is available at Eclipse on Tap. It's the handle. Um, we always post a, a, a little post with the with the episode, but try to intermittently post some cool things about maybe some historical space photos if there's an anniversary or something, or, or something that we're actually viewing through our own eyes in the case of the Beast Telescope. Um, if you aren't a social media person, that's not a problem at all because we have a website, which is eclipseontap.space. And you can reach us there, or you can email us, eclipseontap at gmail.com. And David and I will encourage you, as we always do, to send in photos that you see. If you have a scope of your own, or if you saw a totality back in 2017 in August, send us photos. We haven't gotten any yet. so Yeah. yeah. We, we're looking forward to, to the day that we, <laughs> we yeah. get. We yeah. actually, I mean, I guess we, I take that back. We did get one person who's a listener that painted a picture of totality. It wasn't yeah, a photograph. Yeah. It was oh, a yeah. painting. Wow. And called uh, us and out called us on yeah. uh, Instagram. Give yeah, us a nice yeah, yeah. shout out. Um, yeah. And we knew it wasn't fake because uh, when we responded, that looks awesome. He said, you know, thanks for the response, guys. Really? Yeah. So we're like, okay. He he knows that we're like two guys <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing this yeah. thing. It wasn't just like a, a robot or something. So um, yeah. that, was, that was pretty cool. Uh, a fun thing to see. But yeah, so if you have a painting or whatever you want to have photograph or anything, Send it, send it our way. Yeah. Um, again, that's at Eclipse on Tap for the social media or Eclipse on Tap dot space. Yeah. Any, yeah. any, uh, any topics as well too? Yep. Like anything you'd want to talk about for the next episode? Send that in too. Um, we're, you know, we're always uh, open to hearing about you know what what we can do to expand the the topics and all that. So, yeah, please send anything in. Really, honestly, like any you know photos of the eclipse. Anything uh, we we should talk about. Um, yeah, we've been kind of going down the rabbit hole for the after break segment. In this case, going down, talking about scopes mainly um, yeah. with our featured guest. And we've been having a, a little bit more fun with that, I think, in the last three to four episodes. Just kind of doing some updates in the beginning, taking the break, and then just going down a rabbit hole, whatever it may be. And so if you've got a, a keyword or some sort of topic you, you think would be cool, like black holes or something, I don't whatever it may be, I mean, we might not know much about it, but we can talk about it and have some have some fun with it. Well, I'm good um, at talking on my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Let's and, do it. And we'll just have some fun with it. And, and that's the whole point of this podcast is neither none of, none of the people really coming out of this podcast un, until we have that amazing, maybe we interview someone from NASA or something. Up until then, we're we're all just in this because we're passionate about it. It's not 
something that we are doing professionally. Um, we are doing this to try to um, kind of encourage people to get out and look up. That's yep. a, one of the things that I, when I was emailing these guys about uh, recoding the mirrors, stripping the mirrors and recoding the mirrors was I was just saying to them, even in these emails, look, I'm just a backyard guy. I, yeah. I don't do research. I'm not out there trying to discover comets. You right. know, I'm just a, I'm just a backyard guy. Once <laughs> somebody finds a comet, I'd love to take a look at it. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. to uh, to get into the whole I've seen, you know, you can get your mirror recoded for thirty five hundred. You know, it's yeah. just one of those things where I'm I'm looking at that going, nah, I'm not quite there. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's like that ninety nine percent reflectivity. Yep. Yeah, I like to go out and look up. I'm yeah. not uh, not worried about that little percentage that I will never see with my eye yep. anyway. So yep. yeah, so we just like to have fun with it, and you know, all three of us are passionate about it, and it's something that I think that's dating back to episode one of this podcast. We had just come off seeing the totality of the eclipse, and we are on kind of a high uh, from that. But I mean, we're eleven episodes deep now. We're almost at the one year anniversary next month. But we're still going. I mean, it's not a situation where it was just this cool thing that happened and then it died off. Like the, we're doing this because we want to kind of share the the passion of it, starting with the eclipse as the inspiration, and then moving on to other other yeah. things. So, yeah. but with that said, uh, you know, we appreciate you listening. If you tuned in, we'll see you next month for the big anniversary episode. It's going to be awesome. We've got some special stuff up our sleeve. Uh, it's going to be. I think we should release this. It'll be a live episode. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna record it from a from a different location than what we've been recording um, in the past, and it's gonna be st- stellar. Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so be sure to tune in for episode twelve. But thank you for listening to episode eleven. We'll catch you next month. See you guys. Have a great night.